Today is Tuesday, February 13th. We'll tell you about a winter storm bringing the Northeast some of its heaviest snow in years. Also, a new message from President Biden and a key Middle Eastern ally who met face-to-face for the first time since the war in Gaza began. Plus, how a new form from the U.S. government is slowing down the whole college admissions process. Why thousands of flight attendants are joining picket lines across the country. And where some of the biggest Mardi Gras celebrations are happening today. Those stories and more news to know next. Welcome, welcome to The Newsworthy. All the day's news in around 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. This winter's biggest snowstorm is hitting the heavily populated northeastern U.S. right now. It could bring up to 10 inches of snow to parts of New York, and it's expected to bring New York City its heaviest snow in more than two years. Up to a foot of snow could also fall in places like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Drivers have been warned of potentially dangerous conditions today, and in some places, certain vehicles have been banned from the roads. Hundreds of flights have been canceled so far, and schools have been closed in major cities like Boston and New York. Road crews and power companies say they're preparing to respond wherever they're needed, and extra staff and equipment is on hand. On top of all the snow, there's strong winds and some coastal flooding in the forecast. This is expected to be a pretty fast-moving storm, though, mostly moving out by this evening. This week, for the first time, President Biden stood alongside an Arab leader to voice concern about the Israeli mission in Gaza. The president met with Jordan's King Abdullah yesterday. They spoke about a looming Israeli ground offensive in southern Gaza and the humanitarian crisis among Palestinian civilians. And then they addressed the public, with Biden specifically saying a major military operation in southern Gaza should not happen unless there's a credible plan to keep refugees safe. Abdullah went even further, saying, quote, we need a lasting ceasefire now. This war must end. Biden himself has not publicly called for a ceasefire, saying Israel must be allowed to defend itself by rooting out and destroying Hamas. But reports say his willingness to stand beside an Arab leader who did issue such a call was a notable shift. For now, Biden says he and his top aides are focused on negotiating a six-week pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas in exchange for the release of the remaining Israeli hostages. They apparently think that could also lay the groundwork for a permanent end to the war. Separately, both Biden and King Abdullah are calling for an increase in humanitarian aid into Gaza. President Biden launched a task force aimed at addressing an issue he and other leaders seem to have trouble with, mishandling classified documents. The Presidential Records Transition Task Force will work to figure out the best ways to safeguard classified information from an outgoing presidential administration. As you know, the recent special counsel report listed dozens of sensitive documents found at Biden's home and former office from his time in the Obama administration. And a separate special counsel report listed hundreds of classified documents found at former President Trump's home. But they're not alone. Former officials from all levels of government discover they are in possession of classified material and turn them over to authorities at least several times a year. And officials of multiple administrations say there is a systemic problem with mishandling classified information, especially around transitions. So the new task force is supposed to come up with recommendations before the next presidential transition, whenever that is. President Biden seems to have had a change of heart about TikTok. The president's re-election campaign officially launched its own TikTok account this week. The first post was a video entitled, LOL, Hey Guys, in which Biden answered some fun Super Bowl-related questions. And some supporters are happy to see him embracing one of the most popular apps in the world. A Gen Z-led nonprofit group called Voters of Tomorrow 
said in a statement, quote, our generation will undoubtedly be the deciding factor in November, and we are glad to see the Biden campaign making engagement with us a top priority. But it was a surprising move for Biden, since his administration has repeatedly expressed concern that TikTok's Chinese parent company could hand over American user data to the Chinese government, or that China could try to influence what Americans see on the app. The president even signed legislation blocking most federal government devices from using TikTok. And now, both Republicans and Democrats are questioning the national security implications of the Biden team's decision. In response, Biden's campaign team just says it's incorporating a sophisticated security protocol to ensure security on the app. And TikTok still insists it operates independently and that U.S. data is protected. Another presidential candidate is also facing backlash over some Super Bowl Sunday outreach, a super PAC that's backing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in his independent White House bid, aired a commercial during the big game. It replicated an ad from his late uncle, former President John F. Kennedy, when he was running for president back in 1960. It included the same campaign song and images of the Kennedy family. Well, soon after, RFK Jr. received criticism from members of his family, saying the very people pictured in the ad would not support his presidential bid, pointing to some of his unsubstantiated theories about vaccines and other matters. So RFK Jr. apologized, saying he's sorry if the ad caused anyone in his family pain, then explained that it was created by the super PAC without his involvement. Though as of this morning, he is still promoting the ad. Much more news to know is still coming up. But first, a quick break. Taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for almost a year now, I've been drinking AG1 every day. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day, and it makes me feel nourished. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I first gave AG1 a try because we were talking about partnering, and I wanted to make sure I actually liked it. Well, I was surprised at how quickly I started noticing a difference. It helps me feel that extra boost, covers my nutritional gaps, and supports my mental and physical health without a lot of hassle. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com newsworthy. That's drinkag1.com newsworthy. Check it out. Okay, now back to the news. The federal government's revamped financial aid form is causing all kinds of problems for students, states, and schools. We're talking about the free application for federal student aid, a.k.a. FAFSA. A new version debuted in late December, and it was supposed to make it easier for students to access more money to pay for college. But there have been technical glitches, locking people out. Also, at first, the Education Department failed to update a crucial income formula So many people who completed it likely got incorrect estimates back. And this year, colleges are not expected to get most data until March, meaning students will have to wait longer than usual for financial aid rewards, giving them less time to weigh offers and make a key life choice. Traditionally, many schools ask students to commit to attending by May. But some are now pushing back that deadline because of the FAFSA problems. And the education secretary says his department is working to ease the burden It's creating a helpline, sending experts to some campuses to support financial aid offices, and more. Meanwhile, the Government Accountability Office has launched an investigation. This Valentine's Day could be extra costly for chocolate lovers and their valentines. Global cocoa prices have roughly doubled since the start of last year, and now they've hit a record high. The issue is the El Nino weather phenomenon has been causing drier weather in West Africa, 
where farmers grow most of the world's cocoa beans. And now, cocoa harvests are coming up short for the third year in a row. Major candy manufacturers like Nestle and Cadbury have been raising prices to offset those higher costs. They and Hershey have also signaled more price hikes could come later this year, too. Surveys and data show some shoppers have started to switch to cheaper chocolate or buy a bit less. But Valentine's Day could be the exception. Retailers are still forecasting that each shopper, on average, will spend more this Valentine's Day than they did in the past five years on all kinds of things, including sweets. Today, thousands of flight attendants are planning to hold protests at dozens of major airports all around the U.S. and the U.K. Unions say it will be the largest action by flight attendants in aviation history, as more than two-thirds of U.S. flight attendants are currently in contract negotiations with airlines like American, Alaska, United, Southwest, and Frontier. They're hoping to put pressure on their employers to increase their pay and improve their working conditions. Pilots have separately reached their own deals with airlines lately. For example, Southwest pilots reached a deal to get 50% raises, and United pilots won 40% raises. Now flight attendants say it's their turn. Today's picket lines are not expected to disrupt flights, though. There's another major merger coming to the oil and gas industry. U.S. oil producer Diamondback Energy says it's going to buy rival Endeavor Energy Partners in a deal valued at $26 billion. The combined company would be the third largest oil and gas producer in the Permian Basin of West Texas and New Mexico, just behind ExxonMobil and Chevron, who also both announced acquisitions recently. There's a lot of consolidation happening now in a drive to boost production and secure future drilling inventory. And it's especially happening in the Permian Basin, which is the most productive oil and gas field in the U.S. Diamondback and Endeavor expect their deal to close in the fourth quarter of this year, so long as regulators and shareholders sign off. New Orleans is going all out for its most famous party. Today is Mardi Gras, a.k.a. Fat Tuesday. Like every year, people will use the occasion to indulge ahead of the 40-day fasting period known as Lent. In New Orleans, that means parades, balls, music, food, costumes, masks, beads, and lots of parties. But New Orleans definitely is not the only place where people are celebrating today. There are also big Mardi Gras events happening in Galveston, Texas, St. Louis, Missouri, and more. And they'll all include traditions that have dated back thousands of years. That's it for the main news today, so now it's time for Trivia Tuesday, when we ask a different trivia question every week. But first, support for this episode comes from ZocDoc. As you might imagine, I research a lot and I ask a lot of questions, whether it's about the day's news or my own health and the health of my family. So when I go to the doctor's office, yes, I'm that patient with a list of questions ready to go. And I expect to have a doctor that listens to me, wants to answer my questions, and works with me to find the best next step. We all deserve a doctor that never makes us feel annoying or embarrassed. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors from tens of thousands of top-tier choices, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. Every time I need to find a new type of doctor, I'll search ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com newsworthy and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com newsworthy. ZocDoc.com newsworthy. Okay, now back to Trivia Tuesday. Today's trivia question is, in honor of President's Day next week, which presidents are on Mount Rushmore? You can play along with us in our weekly roundup email that comes out each Friday. Simply sign up using the link in our episode notes. As for last week's trivia question, what is the northernmost point in the United States? The answer is Point Barrow, Alaska, also called Nuvuk. 
Point Barrow is about nine miles north of the northernmost settlement in the U.S., the small town of Utqiagvik. Just over 4,000 people live in Utqiagvik. More than 60% are Inupiat peoples, an indigenous group that continues to share its remarkable culture, history, and survival skills with the region. The area is extremely remote. There are no roads connecting the town to the rest of Alaska, which means you can only get there or leave by plane. It can get extremely cold, dangerously so in the winter, think negative 30s, and the sun disappears completely for a unique polar night where the area is in complete darkness for about 65 days. Though in the summer, there's 24 hours of sunlight. Depending on the time of the year, you can expect to see awe-inspiring scenery like the northern lights and Arctic Ocean, as well as unique wildlife like polar bears, snow owls, walruses, and beluga whales. All right, thank you so much for listening. And as always, we so appreciate it if you share the show with others. We'll be back with another news roundup tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. 